0: Last week, we began talking about a healthy perspective for the new year, and we ran through some verses, and um, I never got finished, so I want to finish today. I want to take a look at this verse. This is, this is critical. How do we begin a proper perspective? I think we begin with God. Who is He? And unfortunately, if you grew up in the same kind of tradition I have, you'll have been sold a schizophrenic God. One who is barely able to handle you, and when he's good to you, it's, he's just being good because he, he's supposed to be loving, gracious. But if you tick him off, look out. You're toast. Oh, and then comes Jesus, the good God. Because there's the bad God and the good God. You know, good cop, bad cop? That's how many of us have been taught of who God is let me get something really straight. The last two years, there's one thing that has hit home big time, and this is it. God is love. That's a fact. Non-negotiable. Three things I've seen from Scripture that God is. Not that He has, He is. He is love, He is light, and He is life. From there we begin. Another perspective that's critically important. When I discovered that Jesus said, and I discovered it a long time ago, but it was not revealed to me what it means. (laughs) Now I see what it means. When Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He and I are one. That means God is just like Jesus. His character is exactly the same. The Trinity, Father, Son, Spirit... Is the same essence. The word love that's used to describe who God is is the word agape. There are four Greek words that are translated, uh, that translates into the word love. In English, we have love. And we use love for our love potatoes, right through to I love my wife. How does that work together? Okay? So, anyway, we've got a little bit, we've got to sort it out a little bit better than that. Storge is a Greek word. It means parental love. Then you have phileo. Fish? (laughs) Just kidding. Phileo. And it is a friendship love. Then you have eros. You get the word erotic from. And then you have agape. And agape is not used much. It is who God is. Agape is others-centered love. And this is how God is described so when we look at our scriptures we begin with Jesus at least I do now I begin with Christ I begin looking through his lens of how he sees the Father because why did Jesus come one of the reasons was to reveal our sin no to reveal the Holy Spirit no to reveal the Father he came to reveal the Father isn't that amazing that's why he came so if your perspective of Father is wrong, you've got a problem. You're going to be reading a whole bunch of texts the wrong way. Now, there's a lot of texts I don't understand. I, and that's fine. But I'm going to tell you what the Scriptures do say. God is love. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus and the Father and the Spirit, they're, the, they're one. They're the same. Same essence. Three in One. And we begin our perspective for the new year with this Heaven and earth. <laughs> First, this God created the heavens and the earth. All you see, all you don't see. Earth was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. God's spirit brooded like a bird above the watery abyss. Nice translation. Begins with God. God is. There is a God. And you're not him. Some people need to be reminded of that. (laughs) The beauty of this verse, it says that God created. Can we stop there for just a minute? God created. Where the fights happen is after that. How he created I was in, it was in exactly 24 hours and 7 days. It's exactly that. No, it wasn't. It was a big bang. No, it was over here. It was this. And we have all these perspectives of how God created as if we have the full answers. And we're almost willing to die on certain mountains that are not worth dying on. I hold that open like this. God created. And I have seen there are many perspectives of that but my core signature is God he's the one who did it however he did it we're not here to have a creation discussion but I believe God created everything how we did it not sure I'll ask him when I get there then then the clarification can happen until then we have a lot of speculation a lot of good evidence and a lot of contradicting evidence and guess what you hold it loosely so that you still love each other with tender hearts and not fight. That's critical. If your doctrine trumps relationship, your doctrine stinks. Truly. Begins with God. And this happens even before the creation of the world. We're even told in the New Testament, before the foundations of the world, you are predestined. You were thought of before creation. That's beautiful. All right. Genesis 1. Yeah, that should be good. Another picture of the the Trinity. I want to show you something that a guy named Brian Zond posted on Twitter this week. And I love this. This, Hopefully you'll get it. Because sometimes we get a, a wrong picture, just like the Jews did. They had a wrong picture of who this Jesus was. That came, they're looking for this this guy's gonna conquer the Romans. Yeah, we're gonna kick some donkey here, and we're gonna oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna win. But that's not what happened. At the baptism of Jesus, what animal do we see? A dove, not a hawk, not an eagle. The bird that signifies power and dominance and strength. And yet it's a dove. What a beautiful picture. It's picturing Jesus. Next, the triumphal entry. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, he came riding what, a cow? No. A majestic stallion like the Romans would? No, he came in a donkey. Powerful picture of choice. Came riding a donkey. And lastly, this is the way the book ends. You ready for this? The religious fundamental church focuses in the book of Revelation, what's their primary focus of a lot of arguments? What do you think? What's, a, what's a, an item they focus on? End times. end times, that's right. But what about the end times? There's, a, there's something that's always fascinating. At least this is what I heard growing up. Pardon? The rapture, the rapture yeah. That's negotiable. Fire sword. Fire, sword. How about the beast? Yeah. Oh, the beast. Oh, he's so powerful! Oh, you know, he gets all this credit, and and all the stories of all the bad things that are going to happen. You know, oh yeah, look at all this, and and somehow religious people are f- so focused and, and drawn to the to the yuckiness, and yet, when it describes Jesus, he does not come as a beast; he comes as a lamb. Baptism of Jesus, dove, not hawk. Triumphal entry, donkey, not warhorse. Book of Revelation, lamb, not a beast. Do you see the love in that? Do you see the agape? Now go and read and look for the lamb as you read through. Love wins. I know some of you may not like that title because of a book. But too bad. The title's right. Agape wins. The love of God wins. Period. I think that's good news. How do you handle your new beginnings? Sure, it's the new 2015. But how about you? When you're blindsided with a new beginning, whether it's the new year or a new job, a new relationship, a new change of relationship, whatever it is, how do you handle that? I like to... Introduce to you some stories today. It's mostly a story. Because I want us to see some lives. And we just had Christmas, so Mary and Joseph is an easy one to pick on. And maybe you can learn from it. Maybe you can see something from these stories of the attitude that is most healthy when facing change and challenges. We don't talk about change too much, but I think today's important because it is a time of change. By the way, if things don't change, they stay the same. Deep. mary and joseph their change begin did you say huh <laughs> mary and joseph first thing that happened for them they a big change was they chose to get married isn't that nice you know they got they're getting married it's it's everybody they get excited and they tell people no we're engaged you know the ring starts flashing and you know wrong hand but you know what i mean it it happens you know, they, that happens, you see people do that all the time. They post on Facebook, oh, I'm getting married, isn't that great? And um, I saw one, one person posted a, um, what do you call that uh, thing, When baby ultra, ultrasound picture, that's it, the ultrasound. And I said, oh my goodness, she's pregnant. But it was a joke, because if you look carefully, it was a, it was a picture of a turkey. <laughs> and she said, I'm full. I said, oh. Anyway, different things to celebrate, different things that are new. I thought it was funny. So here they, had to, they were getting married, and so they were told by the government they had to go to Bethlehem. They didn't want to go to Bethlehem. They were happy where they were. And she was pregnant, really pregnant, because it's when they arrived in Bethlehem Jesus was born. Then, after the wise men found them in a house, not a stable, okay? You guys know that, right? Good. The three wise men never existed. It says wise men. And it says they found Jesus in a house, which means approximately two years later. Because Herod then came to kill all the babies, two years and younger, which means another change. They were forced to go to Egypt. That's a lot of change going on. And did they have a choice in the matter? No. They were forced to. And then they had to come back. So, lots of moving going on. Had to return to Israel. Then we have another guy that you know well, Moses. He had a whole bunch of new beginnings. He almost didn't have a beginning. You realize that. You know that whole uh, baby in the basket thing and crocodiles? You know the, in the movie? Yeah. So, pretty scary. But he gets scooped up by a princess. And uh, who happens to be standing nearby? Moses' sister. And that's pretty cool. He gets taken care of. But he becomes a prince. This little Israelite baby becomes a prince. Now, so far, he hasn't had a lot of choice in this. It's just kind of happened to him. But then, God gets a hold of his heart, and he takes out an Egyptian, kills one, for an injustice that he sees. He realizes that he just murdered somebody, and when it was found out that he had murdered somebody, word would get to the king, he fled. He had to get out of there. The circumstance was bad. He was going to go to jail. And we thought it was only a new thing where people flee the country to avoid jail. Ha! It's been going on forever. So this guy took off to the desert. And in the desert, while he's doing his unlearning of becoming a prince, he sees a bush on fire. And new beginning begins there. Who got a hold of Moses at that bush? Was it Moses searching for the will of God? Was it Moses trying to, God, what do you have in mind? You know, I'm reading my Bible every day. You know, I'm seeking your will. No, he wasn't doing any of that at all. He was trying to avoid everything. He wanted to just be a shepherd guy and just enjoy life as best he can, away from trouble, avoiding jail. It was God who got his attention. May I suggest to you today that God is big enough to get your attention. Some of us don't believe that. How do I know this? Because the emails and the calls, oh please pray for so and so. We're trying to get them. We need another ten more people to pray because it's the other five aren't working. Oh dear God. Oh no, no, let's get a whole crowd now. Oh no, let's do a crowdfunding and prayer for this. Oh dear God. Oh. Do, do you hear the craziness in that? Who's the trust in when you do that? Self. Man-made. Good religious activity. Prayer does work. But can I give it a thought, an opinion on that just briefly? You don't have a choice. I'm giving it to you anyway. <laughs> I am discovering more and more that prayer is not so much us initiating something to get God to do something, it is actually God already at work doing something. Bringing to our attention something to pray for, and we pray for the thing He plants on our hearts, and that's what we pray for. He's the initiator, not you. You may think you are, and you may think your prayer did that thing. Ha! Not a chance. It was the Holy Spirit the whole time. You can't take any credit for it. Yeah, but I I brought it up on the prayer list. So, who gets the glory? The Holy Spirit directs everything so Jesus gets the glory. That's good news. Are we to pray? You bet. But I don't think it's quite what we may have been taught. I think it's deeper and better and a lot less complicated. So, God gets a hold of Moses. God can get a hold of the ones you are praying for as well. Lord, change them! Ever pray that? Change the other person. (laughs) No. If God wants to, He will. And if you want to pray, go for it. But because I now trust God being big enough to get somebody's attention, I can relax when I pray instead of, (gasps) please, and hyperventilate. You know, sometimes you call it slaying the spirit when you fall over from that. Really. So you hyperventilate yourself into a prayer thinking that that diligence will get God because you're showing earnest and you kind of creak open your eyes. Are you he watching? Am I getting his attention? And he's going, mm-hmm. You don't need to do all that, my child. I've put my prayer in you. I've put my spirit in you. And when we pray, it's spirit to spirit. So if God can get a hold of Moses' attention, he can get a hold of yours and whoever else you may be praying for. A loved one whom you wish would know Christ as life, God's got that person in mind. Next, Joseph. Ooh, my favorite story. Joseph was forced into a whole bunch of new beginnings. First of all, he had a big mouth. And so it's easy to say it was his own fault. You sow and you reap. Folks, you do. Do you realize that? What you sow, you will reap. That is a biblical principle right through Old and New Testament. Old and New Covenant, sowing and reaping, critical. Does that make sense? You can't plant an apple seed and expect oranges. Same thing of speaking and planting love into other people. If you keep sowing dissent and anger and bad words into someone else, what will come back? (laughs) Sowing and reaping. There's fruit. And when you get punished for it, it's not God punishing you. It's the sin. Sin has consequences. They're forgiven, but there are consequences. You know that. Drive 180 kilometers around a bend, and you wonder why you crashed? Really? Sowing and reaping. Well, good old Joseph sowed and reaped. He opened his big mouth and started bragging on with the dreams he had, and, and uh, by the way, this was a setup. God knew what he was doing here. His brothers got so sick of it, they wanted to kill him. Well, the oldest brother said, let's not kill him. Let's just bloody him up and throw him in a pit. Hoping to rescue him later, and he never got there in time. In the meantime, his other brothers sold Joseph off to a slave trade that was coming through. That's pretty brutal. Then he shows up in Egypt, gets sold again, becomes a servant in Potiphar's house. Then they lie about him. Has anybody ever lied about you? Ever? Told an untruth, and it's not fair? <clears throat> and so now you feel it's your job to make sure you're understood properly that's where a lot of fighting comes from well he had no choice he lied about and he ended up in jail and god blessed him in jail and in jail he ended up interpreting some dreams and eventually he got out and he became second in command of all of Egypt and the thing that I saw in that story, while he's going through all that really, really difficult emotional and physical pain, I didn't read into it, and whether it's blatant or not, his, his attitude seemed to be pretty good. Now if he's human, he'll have had hissy fits and cried and, and screamed and yelled and punched the wall a few times, um, but they didn't have drywall back then, so it hurt a little bit more today than then. So nevertheless, here he is being real. It's his end result that matters. And here's here's a picture of his attitude. When he became second in command, his brothers ended up coming back not knowing it was him. And he took care of giving them their supply of food. At the end of the story, when he starts to name his sons that were born in Egypt, I believe it's the first son, I forget whatever whatever his Jewish name was or Hebrew name, the name means the bitterness has left me. That verse is critical because you can read the story of Joseph as the joy boy, who saw everything happily. Oh, this is just the Lord blessing me. You know, I know this is terrible, but it's the Lord. You know, and, and seem unreal. Okay, but that verse shows you there was a buildup, an emotional truth that was running through his veins the whole time, and he was able to release, and forgive, and he declared it in the name of his son. How do we handle past problems? Has the bitterness left us? Is there new bitterness? I'm going to suggest to you today that only the Holy Spirit can do that work in His time. Just because bitterness is not healthy for us, it's not our job to purge it, it's the Holy Spirit's job to minister to it. Does that make sense? It's His job. Samson, this guy, anointed by God, totally followed his own path in many ways. Womanizer, sleeping around, killing people left, right, and center. Great, uh, great story for pacifists. Yep. But Samson, new beginnings. When his hair grew, it was discovered that he was very strong, and God used him. When he let go of the secret that he was told not to, he disobeyed. He lost his power. God gave him another chance later. One more act at the very end. Tough story. Why would God kill people? Hmm. It's a good question, isn't it? I don't have the answer. I'm looking at the story of a man, though, who was forced into a beginning. We thought the story ended when he got his eyes gouged out and he was a slave. But, when his hair grew back, he remembered the Lord. Who do you think brought that to his attention? I believe it was God himself. New beginnings. Don't be afraid of them. Daniel and the three amigos. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those were their Babylonian names. Do you remember the story from a couple months back? These guys were, first of all, forced to, into a hostage-taking situation. Babylonians came in, and took the cream of the crop guys. They were gonna take them to university, tuition fully paid. The University of Babylon, and they were gonna get degrees, all expenses paid, and since it was all expenses paid, they better do a really good job. They better be really good students. Would these guys have ever signed up for that school? No. They would not. But because they were forced into it, they resolved to stay loyal to who God is and who they knew God to be. And while they're in a place that they would not have chosen, they chose to have a good attitude while they were there. Make the most of it. Be the best students. You see, they were being groomed and brainwashed into Babylonian thought. Into the New Age thought. We think New Age is new. Ha! Ha! It's the oldest story in the book. It starts off with the tree in the Garden of Eden. That's where New Age begins. Be like God. And here they are, trained to brainwash the Jews that are going to come in the second swing. All the captives. And they were going to be Jews that could be trusted and they would be, they'd be teaching them all the Babylonian thought and theology. And they chose. And Daniel, I love this part, Daniel made up his mind not to defile himself how many of us in our culture today don't make up our minds we go with the flow oh there's a new teaching let's go for that oh yeah what about this teaching oh yeah it's pretty sounds pretty good look on people following must be good you know and making up your mind i'm making up my mind more and more as i grow older my mind is being made up like this too if i've learned so much in the last two or three years how much more in the next 10 or 15 or 20 years to come am I going to learn? Or are we at a place where we've learned everything we need to know? We've got it until we get to heaven. You know, I'm, I'm good to heaven. Because what else do I need? I think there's a lot more to learn. I think the more we discover the love of God, He is going to wake something up in us, and we're going to have greater love for mankind. And we're going to be doing things, serving people, helping people in ways that we never thought was possible because it's motivated by the agape already in us. You need to see it. Then we have Ruth. Ruth has a couple changes. She chose to marry, I'm assuming. If she didn't, she was forced into it. However it worked, she was a Medianite, So she was marrying into a Jewish family. Well, then her husband dies. Young. This is not good. Okay? It happens today. People walk, hit, death happens so fast, young and old. Life is short. Forced change happens. Well, turns out she had a sister in law, and, and the mother said to the two girls, because both their husbands died, she had no kids left. Her husband, had, her, Naomi's husband, also died. So there's just the three girls. And, and Naomi says to the girls, Go back to your country. Uh, and marry again, you're still young, go. And Ruth said, no way. My God will be, your God will be my God, your people will be my people, and she stayed with her. And because of that choice, she went back, met a guy named Boaz, who really liked her, they got married, and here's the end result. She is part of the lineage of not just King David, but Jesus Christ, because of that relationship that choice that new beginning she could never have planned that but somebody else is planning it do you trust god as your future do you trust god in your crisis that you're walking through he's not asking you to understand it Will you trust him in it trust him in it big difference king saul this is a sad story Comes in, chosen to be the first king of Israel. Oh yeah, and he was good. Until it got to his head. Until he wanted to do things his way. And God took away that power from him because of choices he made. And somebody else came along. Some of our choices lead to death. Do you realize that? Some of our choices will lead to death. Yeah, but I'm a Christian. I thought all sins covered and paid for and all that. Yep, it's all true. So, your body right now may be taken out at some point. And then you'll be revealed even more. The real you being in the presence of God. Some things do lead to death, and for Saul, that happened. Then we have David. Oh, now here's the other side. Good guy. You know, when they came along to pick who the king will be out of David's family, they call all the other brothers. They leave David out in the field. Not a chance. that He can be royalty. How about the rest of us? You know, know, the strong guys, the big guys, good-looking guys, all that stuff. No. Went down the list. No, no, no. Don't you have another brother? Yeah, he's out in the field. We'll go get him. Sure enough, that is the man God chose to be king. Now, David screwed up royally. He set up a man to die so he could have his wife. He murdered a man so he could sleep with his wife. Actually, when he slept with her, then she got pregnant. He tried to cover it up by getting the guy to go home and sleep with his wife so that it could look like it's really, he's the father. And, 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 but no, he sent him to the front lines of battle so he'd be killed, to make sure he's killed. And the prophet came to David and said, and I found him out called him out on it. I think David's response is very different than King Saul's, his predecessor. That's what makes the change in the story. The humility and the repentance. Folks, repentance is the key. When you're confronted with something you've done wrong, and you fight and try to say, hey, here's why, and not take ownership of it, you've not repented. Doing a 180 in your thinking And David repented. He said, Yes, I did that. He lost his first baby. The next kid was Solomon. Who also became king. Your heart condition matters. Your attitude matters. If you have an unrepentant heart, you will live an unrepentant life and be very bitter. That's how it works sowing and reaping. Live free. Live from the love that's in you. Forgive quickly and watch what happens. Relationships will be easier, much easier. Zacchaeus, he's a short guy, climbed up a tree to see Jesus. Soon as he came down from the tree and met Jesus, everything changed. He was a stealer, <laughs> he was a scammer and a deceiver. But when he met Jesus, he became, get this, generous. The very first fruit of knowing Jesus for Zacchaeus became generous. That's pretty cool. New beginnings. Met the life who is the life, Jesus. That was a new beginning for Zacchaeus. Lazarus died. That's a great way to start. (laughs) Then he got raised to new life, a new beginning, a new new beginning. (laughs) But guess what? two things. His life was sought after just like Jesus' life. Do you know how we uh, look in your stories. As soon as you read about his resurrection, from then on, the leaders were after killing Lazarus and Jesus. All the way through until they took out Jesus. Death threats galore. They wanted to find a way to take him out because he was a picture of something that they couldn't describe and explain. The second thing, Lazarus is dead. Just so you know. He is. He died. Sure, he was risen, but he died again. Why? Hmm. One person tried to tell me, well, we're not supposed to really die. Really? What part of humanity don't you get? And how are you going to explain that to all the people who've lost loved ones? Really? Don't give me that Joy Boy crazy talk. Lazarus is dead. He's enjoying his new, new, new beginning. Saul, same thing happened to him. He was a killer of the church, killing Christians left, right, and center whenever he could, and he stood around holding coats while people were being stoned for their faith. But his new beginning came when Jesus appeared to him on a road and blinded him. Who got a hold of of Paul? His name was Saul at the time. It was the Holy Spirit. God can get your attention. It's OK. You can relax. Well, I don't want to miss the will of God. You're not going to miss the will of God. The will of God's a person. His name is Jesus. How can you miss that? Let him live that out. The will of God's not a target. You have to find the bull'seye. We' were told that growing up, that's a lie. Not true at all. The will of God is Jesus Christ that you believe. That's powerful. Lastly, the Apostle Peter. He was a fisherman. He thought that was his lot in life until he met Jesus. And then he became a fisher of men. And he was stubborn. He tried to help out Jesus all the time. Sound a little bit familiar? God, we're praying for that person to know the Lord. So I'm going to put a bunch of tracks in their, in their, in their backpack and I'm going oh, to have all these people talk to him and, and set up all the evangelism. Oh yeah, we're going to do this. Lord, help them, and you're trying to help out the Holy Spirit. You don't need to do that unless he clearly tells you what to do, and I doubt that's one of the ways. I really do. But when Jesus gets a hold of you, look out. That begs the question, has Jesus gotten a hold of you? I don't mean literally, because he has all of us in his hand. He holds us together. But are you recognizing and experiencing the life of Christ? Are you experiencing him, wanting to experience more of him? If you are not satisfied, ask him. That's it. Go and have a chat with him. Say, Jesus, um, I don't feel like I'm really experiencing you like I want to. I don't mean trying to do all that stuff that some of these other people are doing, but for me, I want to feel and experience you in a very real way. I think he loves that prayer. Oh, he's the one who plants that prayer anyway. <laughs> Just so you know. And do you think he'll answer that? If he plants a prayer, do you think he'll answer it? Of course. So you can trust him. He is trustworthy. The secret is this. Psst. Christ lives in you the hope of glory. Know this Christ and respond to him. That's all you can do is respond. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us not to be afraid of new beginnings, new challenges. You're already in the future. You're already there. We need not fear. We need not worry. But it's really hard So would you be our peace? Walk with us, remind us that you're walking with us and draw our attention towards you. And when you call us to pray, may we respond and pray as you wish. We pray this in Jesus' name.